and welcome to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss the future of the beauty and wellness industries with the people who know them best. I'm your host, Priya Rao, beauty editor at Glossy, and today's guest is Patrick Starr. In this episode, we talk to Patrick about his road to becoming one of the biggest influencers in the beauty space, how he stays brand agnostic while still courting partnerships, and why his influencer management agency, Beauty Coop, is the next wave of his career. Hope you enjoy the episode. Today on the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we have beauty guru and YouTuber, Patrick Starr. Welcome, Patrick. Hello. So, Patrick, um, you started as a photographer first before moving over to the makeup space. Mm -hmm. How did you find your way into the beauty industry? I was doing like everything under the sun. Like I was going to school for nursing at UCF. I was also teaching piano. I was doing photography freelance on the side. Like any which way to make cash. So it was just like, I was like a little, they called me, I didn't even know what this was, like a renaissance man. All these older people that found out that what I was, what I did, um, they were like, you're such a renaissance man. So all while going to school, photography, I was doing hair for homecoming and prom every season. Like just dabbling in makeup. I was working at Panera Bread too but I think just just to find my way in beauty I looked at all these like different pillars that I love like working with food and customer service like teaching piano like um having a love for like America's Next Top Model and transformation and beauty like um my parents showed me a lot of Disney movies like the the transformation like Cinderella and Little Mermaid and all those things I was I had such a passion for like a process I recognized that as, like, a young child. I loved, like, a process. So makeup was such a fast, turnkey kind of process where I can do it every day. And so um, doing my own photo shoots, I would, like, Photoshop makeup. And one day it hit me, and I was like, maybe if I just do makeup, I don't have to Photoshop it so much. And then once I, I did it, I actually, like, fell in love with, like, transformation and makeup and creating something out of like a photo shoot like like you know like a fake photo shoot I was doing like my fake got milk ads I was doing <laughs> I was tearing off the pages of, of you know like Teen Vogue or 17 like Rihanna's cover girl um ads um Taylor Swift's ads and I would kind of like emulate them and try to create beauty campaigns like with my little point and shoot camera at home and Photoshop so that's I think how I fell in love with it and then once I was working at Panera I was like teaching piano and working at Panera and going to school all the same time so I was like you know what maybe I'll just I'll just try to work try to apply to Ulta or Sephora or Mac and then that's that was it so you got that job as a makeup artist at Mac at the Mm -hmm. beauty counter so what was that experience like you know transforming women every day at the beauty counter in retail it was cool I I I didn't know much, but I knew I wanted to do it. And the reason why I wanted to apply to like at a counter was to learn from other people because where I grew up in Orlando, there wasn't any other school, but like Joe Blasco makeup Academy. Um, so I said, maybe if I go into a makeup counter and learn from the experts, they can just kind of teach me. So whenever I would walk into a store, I would say, this is kind of like my Hogwarts moment. And that teacher is really good at liner or that artist is really good at foundation or that artist is really good at like, concealer that one's good at like eyebrows so then I would like watch and learn like different artists while while like cleaning you know um yeah it was it was really cool and then I remember just just taking what I learned from YouTube at the time with the very few videos that were on 
and then just applying it to women and um, just talking to them and really listening. So that's what I learned from like working at Panera and like like listening to customers because you know when when someone's hungry you know when we're hungry we want something and I would listen to how they would order and so I applied what I learned at Panera and also when I was teaching piano to makeup because we all just go with what we know so when I, whenever a customer would come in they would sit down or be more inquisitive or they would either know so I, I learned a lot about how to communicate and how to translate that and I think that's what led me into being a good YouTuber because I really listened to what the consumer would know had I not had that experience at the counter I wouldn't have I think really grown as a YouTuber so talk to us a little bit about that so mm -hmm. when you started your YouTube channel that was like 2013 mm -hmm. that was a while ago mm -hmm. so nobody was really doing it at the time what was it like coming into that space and what were you doing and what was resonating so when I, when I worked at Mac, I was freelancing at the time. So meaning on-call. I was just an on-call artist, but because Orlando had such big business, um, you know, I had so many hours in 2012. And um, when 2013 came, the new year, I had, like, no on-call hours. They were like, hey, do you need me at this counter? I would call this counter. And they were like, no, we're, we're booked. We're booked. We're booked. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I just remember all my coworkers saying, oh, you know, you should um, have a YouTube channel. You're so funny. You know, you, you do your makeup really well. I don't think so, <laughs> looking back. But I think they liked my energy at the time. And so with having no hours and, and having been so used to working at Mac so often and not having somewhere to go and wear makeup or express myself, I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to start my YouTube today. So I think I was just, like, so used to, like, um, wearing makeup and going to MAC. That was, like, so routine for me, um, December and January. And then once it was 2013, I was like, you know what? I have, like, I want to wear makeup. I don't, know where to, I don't know where to wear it. I don't have a purpose to wear it. So YouTube was kind of like, okay, I can get my fix and wear my makeup and just wear it there. So, so obviously the space has changed quite a bit. Mm -hmm. So what was it like when, you know, brands started approaching you, people started sending you product, and you started to think, well, is this really a thing? Could this be a career? It was just, I think at IMATS, at, at IMATS was when I started to recognize people giving me stuff. Like, it's just funny because if you go to these beauty conventions and you're an influencer, it probably still resonates today. They have such large bags for such little product. Like, I'm talking about it like a three-foot bag by two-foot bag. It's like a huge bag. But you're just buying lipsticks or, like, blushes, and they're so small. But yet, I realized, I was like, I'm like a walking billboard. Because <laughs> you would see all these customers with huge bags that said the brand name. And then I was like, oh my God, I think this is how brands are marketing themselves because you see these large logos and all these customers with like Louis Vuitton, like huge like luggage bags. And so I, I remember someone at IMATS New York, here at the Pier, Pier 50 something, um, wanted to give me a lipstick. And I think I was just a little bit overwhelmed. And I was a smaller creator at the time. I think I had like maybe like 10,000 or 12,000. What year was this? This was like 20, 2013, 2014. Yeah, I had went by myself. And I remember I went with like, uh, just, just to go look and see what I'm at. Remember, it was like such the rage back then. And I remember this um, young lady came up to me and she was like, oh my God, I want you to try my lipsticks. And I was just like, you know, and brands started just handing me stuff like, oh, keep this on your channel, keep this on your Instagram. It's like, it's so fun. And I stopped her and I said, you know, first of all, like, like tell me something about yourself that 
would make your brand different? Because I was getting like so many lipsticks at the time. Like, I don't know what to do, but how can I speak to this brand? And she stood out. She had like a little faux hawk and then um, like blue lipstick. I remember her. And she said, you know, I'm a teacher and I love color and I want to inspire people. And I, no one really wears like crazy colors like me. And that's what I love about my brand. And I said, that's it. That's it. It's really cool. And that's how I think I started approaching that sentiment of working with brands is to find something unique and different about that brand or like an essence, like a brand essence or brand DNA to work with them. Because I looked at I looked at brands like a relationship. I was like, I can't really like, you know, work with them if I don't know anything about them. So that's how I started approaching these brand partnerships. And, and that's when I, I realized that this could become a thing. When you think about the influencer space or creator space today, you know, there's a lot of change. You know, there's mm-hmm. a lot of spawn con, there's a lot of inauthenticity, but then at the same time, there's people like you who are trying to approach it from a transparent point of view. Mm-hmm. How are you able to kind of distill, you know, working with a brand, if it's worth it from a monetary perspective, if it's worth it from a personality perspective, mm-hmm. if it's right for you? I think... I think the the thing is you have to look at like a brand. There's like a holy trinity of trust from brand being one point from influencer to consumer slash audience. And it's like the circle of life when it comes to, uh, you know, that's the holy trinity um, when it comes to like the synergy between those three. And so I think because the consumer is so smart and, and they know what they're being fed, you know, we have Black Mirror for crying out loud, you know, breaking breaking it down. And we have, you know, at, at, at advertising and there's actually classes on social media now in colleges and it's, it's crazy. So the consumer and the audience is, is getting smarter, but I think you just have to be transparent when it comes down to it. Um, so I, I acknowledge the brand and I, I tell them, you know, um, I follow up and make sure that that partnerships are long term. And I stress that I don't just want to do a one off. So just meeting the brand, meeting the founders, meeting the people. I think that's really important. I think if anyone listening is is wanting to be an influencer, anyone younger, that you really have to develop a relationship because as you are developing a relationship with your subscribers or your fans, like you have to develop a relationship with the brand. If you just do a one off, it, it really doesn't it's not worth it to me. And that's how I've, that's how I've personally approached my brand partnerships. What do you think has worked well for you, and what do you think hasn't necessarily? Without maybe naming names, mm-hmm. what's worked well for me, I think, is is um, um, being impressionable. You know, being impressionable, getting to know people. You know, it's there's. I think the irony is, is like we're on social media, and then you meet these people, some of these influencers, and they're antisocial. But it goes beyond that because people rely so much on the camera, or rely so much on texting, or being you know um, type savvy, and that's how they communicate. But I think what makes me different, having come from a service industry, like I said, being a people person, like teaching piano, working with kids, teaching them, get, like being a cashier at Panera, like selling them food. Like I've developed this kind of like knack for learning how to talk to people in person. And I started at a much later age. So I started like 22, 21. Whereas these kids are starting at like 11, 13, 14. So I think I had what's worked well for me is being a be, being social, being re, honestly really social and being talkative. Um, what hasn't worked well is just I think just just navigating like like you you want to you don't know where to go. 
it that's always hard. You just kind of have to be a leaf in the wind, you know, and just go with the flow. And that's I think that's what's really hard because I think nowadays people want to curate their lifestyle and show and there's proper tags and there's this algorithm and people feel like they have to abide by this this path but they're not not one journey is the same and I think that was hard for me to realize that I just had to go with it how do you do that now with you know so many platforms so many different channels you know so many different brands you know I mean you're you have a social reach of over 10 million mm-hmm. you know how do you kind of satisfy all those different angles when things are constantly changing like the algorithm mm-hmm. I explained to um, some friends I was like like you know when we're just venting and talking amongst ourselves like how do we do it like Instagram at IGTV like what do we what do we as beauty creators put on IGTV what the heck do we cancel our YouTube do we go to IGTV do we feed the platform so I I, I my I have analogies and metaphors for everything I was like social media is like a zoo and each platform is like an animal you know, so if I want to and, you know, and the audience are the zoo goers, you know, and I'm I'm the zookeeper. So if I want all all these people, if I want you to go see my new lions, I'm going to put on a little lion show. If I want you to go see the beluga over here, y'all are going to see the beluga. I'll, I'll feed the monkeys. So I have to feed them and, and draw attention, a unique attention to each animal, to each platform, whether it's Instagram, Instagram story. Um, and I think that's what made it, I think that that's, that's a hard balance because there's only one of me. I got to go feed the monkeys over here, throw the bananas over there. I got to f- feed the crocodiles over here on Instagram. I got to make the monkeys juggle over there. And then I got to feed the whales over there. And then, so everyone is intrigued. And the thing is, once, once the audience leaves the zoo, you know, you're, be, you're being talked about. I painted myself blue for crying out loud, being the genie from Aladdin and it blew up. Like, you know, my publicist said, my 20-year-old brother, you know, texted me, did you see Patrick Starr as the genie? And that's really cool because her brother knows nothing about makeup, yet I'm tapping into a different market and making him crack up to text his sister who represents me. So I think it's just really, really funny that, you know, you got to make something, you know, uh, each each platform happy. When you think about how big you are in terms of reach and how many subscribers and audience members and followers you have how do you kind of decide you know what works for each channel or what you know what the what the brand wants also because you know you have an audience and Mm -hmm. you have you know what works for them but then they may be telling you hey we need to sell this lipstick or we need to sell this mascara like Mm -hmm. how do you manage that I think it comes down to like what what is like what's the end goal and what is and and for you to to offer like what's what's best for you know the economy <laughs> like like where will cuz cuz the last thing you want is is to have a partnership and it fall flat so it's kind of like um again another another analogy or metaphor is like you know economics like for produce like Florida has oranges. Like, where can we get the best orange juice? Like, Florida has oranges. There's a supply and demand for oranges, so I'm gonna get you the best oranges from Florida. So, if you want the lipstick, where would where is your most engaged audience? Let's go with Instagram. I can do a story. I can do a post. I can do call to action and 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 really engage the followers and also test the product too. So I think that's what would make the most sense is to really engage 
um, with the brand and 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 recommend because the thing is it's not an end all be all it's a negotiation too there's a negotiation process behind the scenes that's like the best I mean if you look at the Super Bowl like there's like so many ads those are the, those are the most expensive ads ever in the history I think of of media and television. So I think you just have to look at it that way to compromise and, and negotiate with the brand of what would work best and where. Do you still have to prove your worth in that way? Do you or do you, when you negotiate when you are the one you know saying this is me, this is what I can offer, or do you have a team that helps you do that now, or are you still yeah. very hands on? I'm I'm very hands on. You know, we're we're constantly sending our analytics with the beauty of social media. Uh, there's analytic capabilities because you have to prove that you're not just going to get paid this certain rate to you know, to do that. But I think with that being said, it's like it's nothing is personal because it's, it's all business when it comes down to these partnerships strictly. But, you know, when it comes brand to influencer. But like I said before, you really have to engage, you know, your audience and prove to them and also be like honest with them because the last thing you want is for it to flop and like nothing to move. Talk to us a little bit about your Matt collaboration, because mm -hmm. that was very significant. And um, it was a five-part collaboration, mm -hmm. which um, just wrapped up. Yeah. How did they approach you? Why did you think it makes sense? I mean, I can imagine why, but tell us in your own words. Mm -hmm. The funny thing is, I was approached to do one lipstick, you know, for, I think, one month. And... Um, it was it was um, a partnership that was only to be U.S. and only online, and so my manager was like, "I think we sh there's something bigger," and she said, "You know, just going off of your reach and your your followers and where we've seen like the most success based on you know your your viewership." that we should we should push back and i was like this is my moment this is this is it i have to have this lipstick and she was like it's not worth it and i was like are you sure and she was like yes trust me trust me like like mac knows that that you've worked there and you love them i think there could be something more and when they say there's a power of saying no it is so true when it's meant to be it's meant to be and, you know, she listens to me. It's, it's my decision at the end of the day. But for me to trust this this manager of mine, Christina, it was so hard. It was so hard for me to, to pass on that. And then I remember I was working with um, a company in London, and we flew to London. And, you know, we're all jet-lagged, and we're all tired. And I was like, girl, I don't want to talk right now. She's like, I have to talk to you in your room. And I was like, we just landed. Let me like pee for a sec. She's like, I need to go to your room and talk to you. And I was like, okay. And she was like, have a seat. And me and my brother, Peter, were just there like, what do you want to talk about right now? And she was like, so Mac wants to do not just a product, but they want to do a collaboration with you. And meanwhile, I'm, like, in delirium, you know? I'm so, like, what? I, I thought I was in, like, uh, like, another zone, literally another time zone. And I'm just, like, what? And she was, like, they don't just want to do one collection. They want to do five. And I was, like, wait, 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 what? From one lipstick to five collections? And I, it, it was it was really, really crazy. And so, because Mac, you know, is such a large company, we had to work way ahead. So we hit the ground running once I landed back in LA. 
When you think about how that kind of sets the stage for you now with collaborations, I mean, how do you kind of beat that? How do you mm-hmm. kind of say, okay, to, you know, whatever brand, whether it's a Benefit or a Shiseido or a Buxom or whoever, mm-hmm. you know, well, this is what I do now mm-hmm. and I expect more. How mm-hmm. do you kind of, as this plays forward? For for me, it was, it was, I think the beauty of being an influencer, there's this religion of being agnostic when it comes to brands, unless you have your own. Um, but I think that's the beauty of, of being an influencer is that you pretty much, you know, work with everyone. And I learned from Benefit, their mantra, Benefit Cosmetics, their mantra being the brand that plays well with others. And having been one of their longest partners ever and working with them because I love the brand is like, you know, I kind of want to be that kind of influencer. I want that to be my brand too. I want to be the influencer that plays well with others too. So coming off the, the, the tales of Mac, I said, you know what? I was so heavy with Mac last year. Let me just keep it real with my followers. Let me paint myself blue. Let me do natural makeup. Let me do drag makeup. Let me do a little bit of everything again. And I think it's kind of like a nice refreshing reset for my channel to just show that, you know, I'm not Mac, you know, people were saying like this should be called Matrix Star, <laughs> and uh, Patrick is the father of Mac, and it's just like no, 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 no. I'm I, I love all brands, and I think that's what resonates really well with my fans and my viewers and my family that they really, really love love to see me working with everyone. So you talked about um, your own brand just a second mm-hmm. ago. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you want to do? I mean, do you think that that makes yes, sense? Yes, girl, yes. I'm saving every penny. I've been reusing this turban and these lashes for <laughs> days, girl. I'm not spending a dime on anything. It is, Yeah, I, th- I, think, I think one day it would be really, really fun. But like I said, I think, you know, also learning from, from other brands. As I'm working with brands right now, I'm learning and taking notes and looking at other influencer brands, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong, like what's happening. And I think it's really important to to keep your finger on the pulse because there's always something changes. I think there's always something coming up. And I think with time, that's the beauty of being in this space is we can keep an eye out and see what really works. When you think about what you'd want to do, mm-hmm. can you give us any hints? Do you see my face right now? I know y'all can't see. I am fully glam. I know this is for a podcast. I am in full lashes. Everything. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I love, I, yeah, everything. Everything. I think also being Patrick Starr, it has to resonate that it would fit with and uh, with everyone and to be completely inclusive, especially in the LGBTQ community, QAI plus everyone. And I think being an advocate um, for the fans, it's crazy because whenever I go out to the club or whenever I go out to just anything like like on the street, they'll they'll just be like, Patrick, you've been such a liaison of light for me. And it's really cool. And it's just kind of like a recheck that my viewers are not just women. These are men that men and young boys that really have a passion for beauty that that really can't sometimes that really can't do it so i think it's kind of like a mission for me and and for my my future brand to have that sentiment of being inclusive for them you managed to stay above the fray you know with mm-hmm. some of these when some of these other influencers are kind of getting caught in drama or you know that being called out by sd laundry or you know mm-hmm. all of those different channels you know the beauty audience has really changed how are you able to do that because it seems like when everything's playing out in real time real life you know there's a lot of opportunity for missteps mm-hmm. you know what the funny thing is i think everyone is like um i think because i'm 
quote unquote unproblematic and drama free and above it all. I'm human too. I look at all the posts. I watch all the videos like all y'all out there. I watch everything too. If I didn't, I wouldn't probably end up being in any of these dramas. So, you know, that's why we study history is to learn for history not to repeat itself. But I think that's 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 it. You you, you have to you have to keep your eyes open. I think that's and just just talking to people and being communicative and just really learning from other people. I have I have my, my, my best girlfriends that I call literally every day on FaceTime and they'll be like, Oh my god, did you see this or did you see that or did you see this? and I'm like, Wow and they'll just kind of like give me their take on it and I kind of like digest these dramas or these scandals or, you know, a brand or influencer or consumer facing and I'll I'll, I'll just take it for what it is and just still dance to the beat of my own drum and that i think that's that's what it is but i think that the main thing is to just really just be aware don't be oblivious i think that that would be the last thing to to do is just to play oblivious and like not pay attention because i'd be the one falling first when you think about influencers who have brands or who have done it well who comes to mind Hmm, who comes to my brands or influencers um I think Mac Mac has done it well. It's been so amazing to see the philanthropy, and that's why I chose to work with them. Um, also, benefit too, as far as their casting and their competition, um, the the benefit brow search to to include new talent and acknowledge them. The face awards with NYX Cosmetics, who which I've been um, a part of in the competition and as a host two years in a row. I think I think brands like 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 those three, Mac, Nix, and Benefit are completely progressive, and uh, they're they're inclusive and they really listen to the consumer. Yeah, I think that's what's really important. You talked about um, fostering talent just a second ago, mm-hmm. and I know you're in the in the wind of doing that yourself. You mm-hmm. know, you started your own agency and incubator. What was that about? So. I started this because I w- I've been a judge, uh, or it's kind of like the voice for makeup, like the voice, like there's four coaches, you get five contestants each, and they compete to win $50,000 for eyebrows. I know, it's crazy. Um, so when I did my second year with Benefit and the Benefit Brow Search, I had uh, three boys and two girls on my team, and then... I, you know, having bonded with them so much, they were saying, oh, my God, all these brands are, you know, uh, reaching out to us. What do we do? Like, how do we, like, I don't know how to handle this. You know, I kind of want a manager. And, you know, to see these bright-eyed influencers that are so hungry, that want it so much, I told myself, you know, like, having been through the gambit of beauty as an influencer and knowing this space and being successful in this space, it would be, you know, it, it, it would be ill of me not to share this knowledge because there's not one blueprint, but there are parameters in being successful. Um, you know, uh, you know, just, just be a good person, be kind. And I wanted to pass the sentiment to them. And I was like, you know what? Sign on this dotted line right here, sweetie, and let me let me help you out. So, and that's what we've done. And I think it's been really cool to see, um, 
you know, the the excitement in their eyes, the collaborations, and also the respect. And because, you know, I am Patrick Starr doesn't mean I'm above anyone or that I don't respect anyone or that I'm I'm too good for anyone. I'm I'm constantly DMing new talent every day just to see if they need help, if they're signed or not. So I think that's really important for me to kind of like take the wheels in the industry and just show them like the, the the right direction to go in for them what's for them because what I've done as Patrick Star is, is is be unique to me and 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 to echo that sentiment to them that they can be unique in their own way and be successful at it too so with beauty coop you know you have seven people signed mm-hmm. right right now mm-hmm. and it seems like that's growing mm-hmm. do you feel like that you offer something different or better than you know some of these other influencer marketing agencies or, or managers that may not know the space the way that you do mm-hmm. girl i am patrick star girl they these other influencer agencies yeah they, they know the space but they've learned it over time and through trial and error whereas i have lived i am i am the one posting i have direct analytics like i know what's working well i know what's not performing well and also too i think um having my own personality and dna and and what i do i look at everything 362 and i think from a from a passion standpoint i i i feel personally that that i have i i have more of a passion when it comes to personal branding i understand the temperament i think that's that's the only difference with me and other influencer agencies i understand the temperament of what they're going through and the hunger that they're that they're craving and their tolerance for BS and um, brands taking over, you know, um, taking advantage of them. And I, I understand that. And, you know, sometimes there's, there's, there's a tug of war, but that's where I step in and actually protect them. So I think it's just really um, that that's just re- really the, the gist of it is that I'm Patrick Starr. I've been through the space. I don't know any other influencer agency or manager that has had five collections with Mac that is, you know, fighting for them. And I also have direct contact with these brands. And, and because I've developed such a great uh, reputation with these brands, all across the board, I'm able to pass that on and um, represent them in the best way possible. What's it like being on the other side, not representing yourself, being a manager to I love else? it. So the, the agency is called The Beauty Coop. And it was just so funny because I just called my, my team like my little chickens. You know, I'm Mama Hen. These my little chickens. Hatch me some eggs, and let me let me bring your eggs to the farmers market. I said, don't lay me some rotten eggs. Give me some good posts so I can lay me a golden egg. How about that? I said, lay me a golden egg so I can pitch you for much more money. And it's fun. And it's fun. And and the brands like I think because I speak their language and they have more respect and I, I know I know what they're looking for. I know what the influencer is willing to do because I've done it for for quite a few years now myself. I think that's what makes it exciting. You know, it's it's fresh, it's new. And the the these new chickens are really excited. My my new babies, yeah. So two of your chickens just signed with Buxom and uh-huh. did a campaign with them. Yeah. Tell us about what that was like. It was so exciting. It was so cool because having been the first boy to have a collaboration in Sephora with my nail polish, 2014, 2015, 2014, yeah, around that time was really cool. And and I remember it was just so huge. I had three tiers of Patrick Star with one nail polish each sold out. 
And I'm like, wow, it's kind of like a full circle moment for me to have to pass this education on on what I know and intel onto them to curate a successful in-store collaboration with Buxom, having their own product with their signature and their name. And I remember it's 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 literally almost like the same thing, but in in their in their face and you know, it's 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 really cool and special. But from a manager perspective, it was exciting. I was like, I, I, I get I get to negotiate and, and see what they want and collaborate. And I think the brand um, understand. Like, I think the these brands, they're like, oh, he, I'm on the calls. I'm on the calls with these brands. I'm like, hello, it's Patrick Starr on the call. This is, you know, I've just talked to my client. This is what they're doing. When I did this with Mac, when I did this with Benefit, this was what performed the most successful. And also, too, I think... Um, beyond everybody else I'm able to use you know my likeness and and PR power to just highlight them and 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 show the community that I'm fighting for them too do you think that being um, a manager and incubating this talent could ever become bigger than you know being a creator yourself I think it could be so huge and I think it's just gonna take time there's literally only one of me and I think it'll I think that's just gonna be the best the best thing is to keep it small, keep it tight, keep it boutique, so I'm able to give um, a qualitative, you know, service to them, not quantitative. I'm not trying to hear to meet a quota and meet like um, a, a sales amount when it comes to working with these influencers, monetary wise. I really want the industry to to be aspirational and and to be fun. So actually, two-part question. Mm-hmm. But when you think about the people that you want to incubate, mm-hmm. what stands out? Like, what what is someone that cuts above the fray versus someone who doesn't? I think um, a personal a personal brand, like their their personal style. I remember watching America's Next Top Model. The stylist came in and looked at all the girls, and she was like, "What's your personal style?" And I never knew what that was. I'm like, "What is she? What is this girl talking about?" And then I'm that girl now, looking at all the contestants or all these influencers. What's your personal style? And I think it's really cool to see them come into their own, because I think as an influencer now, you see like the starter pack that happens, two soft boxes, really colorful blended makeup and you know filters and face tune you know everywhere but if they were to take that like a step further and have a voice and have an opinion and have an engaged audience that means so much more to me when it comes to um who they are i think if if like i i would sign someone if they have like a personal true voice and i think that's what resonates with me the most so are you actively looking for anyone now? That- I just DM someone at four in the morning last night. This girl complimented my lashes, and she, you know, she, I was like, "Oh my god, your page is so great! Would you, would you ever consider?" She was like, "Oh my god, I was just telling my boyfriend about your thing and how you do this for the boys, and this is just so full circle, full, full circle for me." And I was like, "Oh my god, this is like let let's start a conversation." Yeah, I'm always online. So what's next for you this year, Patrick? Um, just working with talent, again, being agnostic, working with, with different brands. And, um, I think it's just really, really fun just, just to kind of shake Mac off and just work with everyone, like being a coach for benefit. I'm working with Gillette because I have a beard still. (laughs) That's crazy. Painting myself blue, you know, um, 
working with different celebrities and attending red carpets. It's just really fun to just be seen and to be heard. And I think not just for me um, resonates with everyone watching that doesn't have the same uh, luxury as I do to inspire them that and be aspirational that, that they can do it too. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming here today, Patrick. Thank you. And thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. A special thanks to Gianna Cappadona, the producer of this podcast. As a thank you for listening to the Glossy Beauty Podcast, we're passing along a limited time introductory offer on a three-month subscription of Glossy Plus. Glossy Plus members have access to unlimited content, exclusive research, and more. Join today for just $49. That's 80% off by entering the code INTRO at checkout. For more information, head to glossy.co slash subscribe. We'll talk to you next week.